This is a Faith FM podcast. The following program contains mature themes. Parental guidance is recommended. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Hello there, and thanks again for joining once again. I'm Robbie Bergen, and you're listening to The Faith Experiment. And this is episode number 43 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode Alicia's Story. God saved my daughter to save me. Now, in this episode, I have a great book to give away once again. This is a fantastic book. You absolutely want to get this for yourself or for a friend. The book is called Steps to Christ. Now, to get this book, I'm going to give you a code word during the show. So make sure you stick around right to the end of the show. To get the code word, you'll need to text it to the Faith Experiment number. So take out a pen now, write this into your phone. However you got to do it, say the number in your phone, 04888. 453811 04888453811 and wait for today's code word. Well, I love hearing from you on the Faith Experiment and I would love to hear from you once again today. Where are you listening to the Faith Experiment from? Where in Australia or around the world? Let me know by texting me on the Faith Experiment number 04888453811 or you can email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. Now, if you're joining me for the first time. The faith experiment is about putting faith into practice. It's about experimenting with faith. And so far on this show, I have shared with you my own personal journey, how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. I've looked at various different ways of how to enhance your personal Bible study and how to put these ancient manuscripts into practice in your own life. And on the last episode, I shared with you a story from Eva. Eva's story of how she went from a Buddhist to a follower of Jesus. Now, if you missed that episode or any other previous episodes and want to catch up on some of the details, I'd encourage you to go get the Faith FM app from your app store or go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for The Faith Experiment. You can also find The Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms, making it easy to keep up to date with The Faith Experiment. Now, on today's episode, I have a really, really interesting and exciting show for you. I have a very, very special guest. Her name is Alicia. And Alicia, you are sitting with me. And this is actually a, a first for the Faith Experiment. We're actually doing this in the studio. We've got a producer working the working the equipment. Brad, he's, he's there doing that. And I've got Alicia sitting here who we're going to have a conversation with today. And Alicia, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And Alicia, there's something, there's, there's a number of really special reasons why I have you on today's episode. And one of the reasons is, is that you are the newest team to Faith FM. I'm the newest addition to this growing family, and it's a blessing to to be part of the team. Yep. Now you're based here in Melbourne. Yep, based here in Melbourne. You've been here for a while. Uh, for about three years now. And how are you finding Melbourne? I'm loving it. It's a good move. It's a it's a decision that I'm glad I made. And yeah, yeah, it's slowly growing on me. The weather's a bit crazy, but it's it's good. Now the fact that you've come to Melbourne three years ago means you're somewhere else. Where have you come from before Melbourne? Oh, just the best country in the world, New Zealand. Uh oh. Well, you come from New Zealand. <laughs> uh, we might get some comments in from our listeners telling us which is the best country in the world. But so you come from New Zealand. Which yep. part of New Zealand do you come from? I'm a small town called Tokoro, so it's Central North Island. Do you know? I, we've talked about this off air before, but I have actually been to your hometown, Tokoroa. I'm probably saying it wrong. How do you say it? It's perfect. You can say it how you want, but Tokoroa, you roll your R a little Tukuroa. bit. Tokoroa, perfect. Tukuroa. Yeah. I, I visited there in 2002. Uh, and I think we we found out before you you were a bit younger than I was. I was a lot younger, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, 
Well, today you are working for Faith FM right here in Melbourne at our headquarters. And uh, what, what do you do at Faith FM? Um, so basically I help Brad. Um, I do a lot of uh, content sort of pulling and editing and um, trying to get really good uh, content for our viewers or for our listeners, sorry, um, to enjoy and to learn more about God and to, you know, lead them on a journey with us. So what's your actual title here? What's your role at Faith FM? Uh, the production assistant. Production assistant. Yeah, it sounds flashy, but it's quite simple. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate what you do. It's, uh, <laughs> for our listeners out there, you are actually one of the people responsible for helping us get the content, um, making it all radio ready. Uh, yeah, you've got a pretty important role on the team. And so we're thrilled to have you. How long have you been working at Faith of M for now? Uh, I'd say just over a month now. I started early July. So it's been, yeah, going on to two months. And I have to say this, all of Australia is listening, but how do you like the job here at Faith of M? I love it. It's the best, it's the best, uh, role that I've had so far in my whole 31 years of life. So, <laughs> and I'm not being biased. I think we'll keep you. <laughs> well, I've got you on the show for another reason. Uh, it's good to have someone on the team also joining me on the faith experiment. But one of the reasons I'd love to have you on the show today is I'd love you to share your story. You've got a pretty amazing story. It's, uh, it's one that I think that some people are going to resonate with. And I think it'll be an encouragement to some other people who yeah. uh, might be going through similar things. So let's set the context. You um, you just told us you were from Tokoroa in uh, North Island on New Ze- in New Zealand. Is that where you were born? You were born into that that sort of community there? Uh, yeah, born and raised. Um, that's all I've known pretty much my whole life is Tokoroa, New Zealand. It's a really, really small town. I was going to say, can you describe the area for people who uh, uh, have never been like, there? Like imagine a forest and farms. And like lots of little houses. That's I, I remember it being really, really lush green. And there's like some yep. rolling hills and you see the sheep there and things like that. But, and then there's like pine forests and things around the area. It's such, yep. it was such a beautiful place. It was freezing cold, but it was beautiful when I was, I was in the middle of winter. Um, we're going to have all these listeners, uh, Googling Tokoroa <laughs> in New Zealand now. They'll be booking flights. So you, you were born in that area. You, you grew up there. What was life like growing up in Tokoroa? Oh, it was awesome. Um, you know, just reflecting on my childhood, I had a really good childhood, a really good upbringing in Sokoro. And it's because it's such a small town, everyone knows everyone. So you'd go into a grocery store and you'd see about five or six aunties or uncles. Yeah. And you'd go and walk over to your, pick up your cousins for school. Um, after school, you wouldn't go straight to your house. You'd detour to your auntie's house and then your other cousin's house and then you know so it's a really good um close-knit community yeah very community focused and family yeah, focused yeah. Yep. yeah and i loved it i loved it um it was i can't remember anything bad about my childhood growing up in Tokoroa. um although a lot of sort of bad um you know media coverage that, that you get with small towns yeah um Tokoroa for me was the best place to grow up now i've, I've lived in new zealand for a few years and i've noticed that, yeah it's like anywhere even here in australia there's there's communities where there is like you know um, there's there's different types of pockets of crime and different types of pockets of problems. Yeah, that that community in Tokoroa it, it had problems with sort of like the drug scene at some point, right? A lot, yeah, yeah. a lot, a lot of gangs and violence and and the drug scene, yeah. and it's still heavy um, in Tokoroa today. But I think it's sort of um, it's getting more, it's getting better as time goes on, and um, yeah, and just like I was saying, growing up as kids, we were sort of sheltered from that and that was sort of a side of town that we didn't really see a lot we knew it existed mm-hmm. but um we weren't really exposed to that kind of um lifestyle now growing up 
you you describe you have had a great uh, childhood, good memories. We're on the faith experiment, so I'm always mm-hmm. interested to hear about faith and people's journeys in faith, whether yep. they have had it, they haven't had it, they found it, they've lost it, they refound it. What was your childhood? Was there was there faith at home? Faith was a big part of of home life. Um, my mother and my father are both Christians. Um, so growing up, uh, scripture and the Bible and worship and song was just an everyday part of our lives. Mm-hmm. It it became something that we were known for in the community. Um, I can always just remember people coming home either for Bible studies. My father was a preacher. Um, my mum was very hospitable, so people enjoyed coming over and just having that sense of community again in our home, but with a Christian sort of vibe to it. And so what sort of things, like as a child growing up, because I didn't grow up in a family of faith, mm. growing up as a child in a family of faith, like, was it, you know, some people have told me over the years that sometimes they find it very oppressive and they're sort of, they're, they don't have a lot of freedoms and things like that. Did you yeah. experience that or was it all very positive and very, uh, like, helpful in your journey? Um, for me, it was very positive and, and helpful, like you were saying. Um, I do understand the oppression sort of side of things. Like, for example, in high school, my friends would organize uh, like events or parties that they would go to, but they would just automatically know that, oh, no, Alicia can't do that. Alicia won't be able to do that because they knew my parents and the lifestyle that we had. But growing up, my parents always sort of gave us that choice. They made worship or they made faith seem more like a freedom thing rather than you have to do this because this is what how we grew up. Um, so I was really grateful for that kind of – we had sort of a soft introduction into faith, I would say. So in, in those early years, like say primary school years, like how – you said before like faith was a part of your, your, your family's experience, your personal experience. You were um, – you know, Bible studies were happening at home. There was all those sorts of things. What was one memory that sort of would stand out for you looking back at that period of your life that sort of really was important to you as a faith value? Um, it would be singing. Um, both of my parents are singers and we would learn new church songs every Wednesday. That was sort of our family get together, our family thing that we did was singing. And so it was through music and song where, um, my parents really sort of drilled it into us with faith. And even to this day, my, my brothers and I still sing. It's still a part of our family. And it was the, um, the tool that they used to help us, uh, growing up. Wow. Awesome. Well, look, we're going to take a break now, um, in just a few seconds, but before we do, I want to remind anyone listening that we've got a great gift coming up. It is this amazing book called Steps to Christ. And, uh, this is actually a very special gift today because Alicia, you, you are one to pick this gift for today. Yes, I was. I, I love it. It's, um, you know, just growing up, Steps to Christ has always been in our homes. And I think it's a very, very, very beneficial book, especially even for someone who has never, ever heard of Jesus before. Steps to Christ would be a great beginning. So you want to stick around and get the code word. It's coming up on the show. But before we go, I want you to introduce our next song. Now, you've picked the songs on today's episode. What's our song that we've got here? Our next song is Because He Lives. And this song, just really listen to the words and understand that because Jesus lives, anything that we can face Um It'll be fine for us. All right, let's listen to Because He Lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know. 
to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm Rory Bergen, and you were just listening to Because He Lives. This is a special song that our guest today, Alicia, has picked. Alicia, what's that song mean to you? Um, it means that because Christ lives, I can face tomorrow. Whatever I'm ha- whatever's happening today, Jesus is alive, and so that means that I can face pretty much whatever is happening in my life now or what will happen in my life. So, yeah. That's a powerful song. Well, this is episode 43 of The Faith Experiment. We're calling this episode Alicia's Story, How God Saved My Daughter to Save Me. And I'm, I've got here today in the seat in front of me, Alicia, who is our newest team member on Faith FM. And before the break, she was sharing how she has 
um, had a bit of a journey, a bit of a life change in the last couple of years. She's moved to Melbourne in Australia. She's come from a town called Tokoroa in the North Island of New Zealand. Now, we'll be talking about how that you were going through school. You had a, in your primary years, you had a very strong faith in the family. I wonder what happens after that. So after high school years or primary school years, you go to high school, I'm yep. taking it. What was high school like in a community where, you know, there, there was and still is a, a problems with, you know, gangs and alcohol and drugs and things like that? Did that affect you at all in your high school years? Um, not so much. And I think that was because the group of friends that I had, they were very understanding of the life that I lived, the life that our family lived. Um, because it's such a, clo- a close-knit community, everyone knows everyone's background without mm. asking, like, what do your parents do or what did you do? Um, everyone just knows. So growing up um, in high school, I was just known as that good church girl, that good Christian girl, and it was something that sort of stuck with me right throughout. So what happens after high school? Oh, after high school. Like, so I moved to Auckland University. Uh, that's about three hours away from Chukuro. And it's a big, huge city. For me, for a small town girl, it was a big change for me. I could imagine. Oh, it was crazy. And, um, you know, I had it in my head to go and study business. So I went, I left my family. I went to university. I So was your family supportive of this? There was, yep, because yeah. I was the only person in my family to go to university. Wow. So it was huge. We had a huge farewell for me, and I was just going up the road like three hours. But it was as if I was leaving the country, leaving the family for good. And my parents were extremely proud. And, um, you know, I got a few scholarships to study. And, again, that was a first for my family. So you arrive in the big smoke. I arrived ready to take on what I thought was my my dream. But, um, yeah, things did change for a bit. So how – so this would have been your first experience away from the, the family, the faith, the, uh, yep. the support structure you would have had. Now you're by yourself, you know, big town – or big cities. It's one of the biggest cities <laughs> in New Zealand, if not the biggest. So you're in New Zealand. Like, what happens now? I mean, do you get challenged with your faith? Does 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 anything happen? Um. Yep. So, moving away, I took the idea of this good Christian girl with me. I took the, that idea with me, but I think I left God with my safety net of family. So when I remember in my dorms, because I stayed right in the heart of the city, and there were just parties going on every single night. Um, the people that I stayed with, none of them were Christian. Um, they would invite me out to this club or that club or this party. And that was just something that was part of that culture. And because I was by myself, I didn't know anyone. I thought, okay, I need to do this because I need friends or I need, you know, people around me. And I was feeling quite lonely at the time too, I remember. So when, whenever I was invited to come out, I would just go out. It was as if I just forgot everything that I had learned back home. Wow. And so did you feel like as you're making some of these decisions, which are obviously different to what you would have made if you stayed back home, yeah. as you're making these decisions, how did you feel? Like, did you did you feel conflicted? Did you feel um, positive? Or like- yeah, for, for a while I did feel conflicted, but then it just became something so normal or so natural for me to go out and do things like uh, drugs and alcohol. I started getting into that a bit in uni and that just became what I did. You know, and I think as, as you grow up, you begin to sort of discover things on your own. And that was the sort of phase that I was in, in Auckland, being away from my family, being away from my parents and that safety net. It was like just experimenting with the world rather than my faith at that time. And did you, like, did you feel like 
you were living two lives? Like, did your parents know? Did your family know about what you were doing and what you were? They had no idea at all. So I'd get on the phone to them, and it was like I'd, I'd even change the way I talked to them mm. compared to the way I would talk to the girls that I stayed with in my dorms. And they they had no clue. I'd go back home every month or so, and I'd go to church and I'd do what we do at home. But then in Auckland, it was a whole different story. That was just because I was just around a whole different group of people. And the interest that I had in Auckland became to grow on me and grow on me and grow on me. And eventually to the point where it got to, that was just who I was. You know, for me, that was who I was in that time. Mm. And so what, what happens now? So you're, you're studying, you're, you're doing well in your classes and things, you're yep. partying at night and weekends on taking it. What happens with this life? How do you maintain it? I got a job. And as me getting my job was the big turning point for me in the wrong direction because I started making my own money. And the colleagues that I worked with, they were also into that scene as well. So the partying, I was able to finance myself with the drugs and the alcohol that I was consuming at the time. Um, and that was every single day, even at work. Like my work environment was, there's here's a glass of wine or have a bottle while you're working that was just acceptable in that kind of area so um as soon as i got my job i thought i was the queen of the world i could buy whatever i wanted i could spend my money on whatever i wanted and for me that was drugs and alcohol Mm. and so in terms of like a faith part in this part of your journey like were you were you still maintaining like this relationship with God somehow or was it completely severed? Oh, faith was just not even in the picture at all at that point. And I would have been around 19, 20-ish, 18, 19, 20, around that age. Faith wasn't even, even when I went back home, it wasn't a part of my life. And it was funny because at that time, dynamics at home started to change. Like my parents went from being this happy Christian couple to now they're sleeping in separate rooms. So the dynamics at home had changed. My life in Auckland had changed. So for me, it was like, okay, faith, God, it's not important right now. So it's not something that I sort of pursued or ca- tried to carry on with. So were you, were you at a, like in that, in that where you're describing right now, are you thinking like God is sort of like a fairy tale from my childhood sort of thing? Or is yeah. it just that God's just, you're putting him out of his picture because you don't want to deal with it right now? Like where was your headspace with that? Yep, definitely the fairy tale part of things and that's only because growing up I didn't get into the word for myself it was more because that was just routine it's what we did and so I thought okay if I didn't I don't have God in my life now I've got all this money and I'm doing what I want and everything seems fine so that was the mindset that I was in okay I don't need God because everything is fine and you had friends now I'm taking it this is I had so much friends like we were going to sort of these like VIP um, music artist parties and yeah, the status of the people that I knew started to grow and grow. And to me, that was success. To me, that was like, yep, I made it kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Well, this is the faith experiment. So we're expecting that something is going to change in this story of yours. Yes, yeah. And we're going to take a short break now. But before we do, I want to remind you that we have a code word coming up for our fantastic offer today. This is one of Alicia's favorite books, the book Steps to Christ. And I have a feeling it's going to have something to do with how this story turns around because it does turn around, doesn't it? It does, yes. And uh, it's a remarkably impressive how God has worked in your life. Now, we have another song coming up, and you've picked the song as well. What's this song? Yep, so this song's called Stronger For It by the Carr family, and basically it's talking about the trials that you're going through, and you're stronger because of those. All right, let's listen. 
with Robbie Bergen right across Australia right here on Faith FM listen live or listen later get the Faith FM app from your app store today
Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Roy Bergen, and that was Stronger For It. This is episode 43 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode Alicia's Story, How God Saved My Daughter to Save Me. And coming up is the code word for today's great free offer, so make sure you stick around. It's the book Steps to Christ. Well, on this episode, I have been interviewing one of our uh, team members, Alicia, who is our, actually our newest team member. She's one of our um, assistant producers here at Faith FM. And she has a remarkable story. We've just heard how that she grew up in a town in the North Island in New Zealand, a place called Tokoroa. And uh, just before the break, we've heard how you've gone off to uni in the yep. big, big city, Auckland. The big smoke. And um, it seems like pretty quickly... Things started testing your resolve in terms of your your faith and your upbringing, and it looks like it sounds like that the uh, the party scene and uh, the friends have taken you away from your roots of faith. Yeah, yeah. Is that yep. a good summary of it so far? That's perfect. Yep. So, what happens next? Okay, so you know the party scene was was amazing for me at the time, and I had met someone who introduced me to um, synthetic drugs. And that was something that I had never really looked into or, like, I didn't even know existed. And it was so accessible, like, we would walk across the road from work and we could just grab it at the corner store or, well, the dairy. And um, so I met this person and my drinking and my uh, drugs and this now the synthetic drugs that started to ramp up, like, twice or three times a day. And um, there was a time where I, I could remember sort of driving places and I was strung out like I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how fast I was going. And there was a time where I would come home. I came home from the clubs and um, the left side, my mirror, it was skimming past all the parked cars on the road. So oh, I was wow. like, I was knocking every single one of them. But in my head, I, I couldn't see it or I didn't realize it was happening because I was just so, so strung out on this synthetic stuff. Mm. And yeah, so I ended up at home and I just crashed out in the van for like 12 hours. So that's like, that's one of many, um, examples of when that, that happened when I met this guy. Mm. Yeah. So our title of this episode is God saved my daughter to save me. Where's the daughter coming to the story? Um, so I got, I fell pregnant in December 2012. So not long after I met this guy that was so bad for me, but you know, I was in that mind state of, I've got everything I need. And now there's this guy who was known as like a, the bad guy. Um, and yeah, I got pregnant in December 2012. And you usually, you know, people are like so excited when they find out they're having a baby. Right. For me, it was like, Oh, it's all good. I'll just go and get an abortion and. I can continue living this life. And so in my head, that's all that was happening. I, I didn't feel any connection to this pregnancy at all. All I was thinking of was, I'll be fine. I'm, there's a service that you can get to terminate your child. Mm. And that's, that's what I was going to do. I was, I was so set on getting this abortion because I wanted my life to stay the way it was. Mm. Um, and that idea of having an abortion sort of ramped up when, um, the father of my child found out I was pregnant and he was still wanting his life. And so he went off and continued his life. And then, so here's me pregnant, um, away from home. I'm now single and I didn't want to be like a single mother growing up in a Christian home. Like I was saying before, um, single parent homes was not a common thing. 
and it was something that we didn't strive for. You know, I don't think anyone strives to be in a right. single parent home. So for me, abortion was the way to go. I was like, okay, yep, this is this is exactly what I'm going to do. Um, so I went home. Um, a few months after I found out that I was pregnant, I went home and I booked in my first appointment for this abortion. But every time, okay, so I booked an abortion like four times and every single time there would be a meeting for the church or I'd have singing practice that I'd had to go to. And at the time I didn't know that there was a sort of like a time limit until you couldn't have an abortion. Um, so I was just, I just kept putting it off the first one I booked. I had a singing practice and I had, that I had to go to. Mm. So I was like, okay, it's okay. I'll just book again. I done that about three or four times. I booked this abortion and I, I remember on the last time I literally said out loud, nothing's going to stop me. I need to go to this appointment. I'm not going to have this baby. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be a single mom. I'm not going to, um, let my parents down because I thought that I'll be, you know, a failure in their eyes. And, um, the last appointment that I was able to go to, this is after four or five times, right? So on the fifth go, um, the last one I was able to go to, I made it to the doctor's appointment and I'm sitting in the room with my doctor and he asks me, you know, oh, what are you here for? What what brings you here? Because he hasn't seen me in years. And I said, oh, I'm pregnant and I just wanted to book an abortion. And he was like, oh, okay, um, do you know how far along you are? And I was like, no, I have no idea. So he sort of got this calculator thing out and worked out how long or how far along I was. And he looked at me and he said, you're around four months pregnant. There's no way that we could get, um, have a termination. And my heart sank. Like I, even in that moment when he told me, I was like, no, you, you have to check again. So I made him check again. And then he said, no, your baby is too um, developed, too far developed for us to have an abortion. And then I sat in silence for about three minutes and he asked me, do you want to hear your baby's heartbeat? Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know, because in my head I was still like, man, I got to give up all of this now because now I literally have no choice. Mm. And um, so I got up onto the, the, the bed and then he got his little machine out to listen to my baby's heartbeat. And it was like, as soon as I heard the heartbeat of my daughter, it was as if God was saying to me, don't worry, you know, don't worry, I will take care of you both. And I even said out loud and my doctor heard me say, okay, God, if this is it, you have to help me help me raise this daughter because wow. I'm not going to do it. And then my doctor looked at me and he was like, you want me to help raise her? And I go, I'm sorry, no, <laughs> I'm talking to God. He's here somewhere. I know he is. And I'm just telling him he has to help me raise my daughter. Wow. And, um, yeah, and I went home and it still hadn't sunk into me. You know, it still hadn't sunk into me. Um, I was still tempted to figure out a way to sort of have an abortion. And then um, it wasn't until I went for the scan because I could, you know, my baby had arms and legs and like started. She was like a full baby mm. by this time. And um, when I saw her for the first time as well, it's it's just like God continually saying, why are you worrying you know, why Why are you worrying? Why are you so hung up on being a single mother when I'm here for you? Like, I was like, I know I made mistakes, but this is going to change your life. That's how I sort of um, sort of felt like when I look back at it now. And just going back to the title of our story, my daughter, God saved my daughter to save me. I think 
if I didn't fall pregnant, I would have been on more hardcore drugs than I was sort of experimenting with. Um, I gave up that life as soon as I knew I had to look after a little human being. And um, that's uh, that's the way that I look at her now and, and it's just like, I, I think to myself, how could you think of giving up on something so precious like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's like every day I look at her and I share, I've shared the story openly before and I know she'll grow up and hear it mm. one day. And my hope is that she understands like that sometimes this is just life. Sometimes things just don't go the way that you think that you want it to go and that God will always find a way to bring you out of the mess that you made yourself. So it's, it's almost like, um, yeah, if it, if it wasn't for that date or that timeline expiring sort of thing, yeah, it's like yeah. It's like, it seems like God was uh, yes. packing the calendar for your family for singing appointments and events to yep. keep you from uh, getting to the doctor too soon. Yep, he was making sure I was busy because if I had made that first appointment, it, it would have been done. That I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here at Faith FM in Australia. I wouldn't even be. I don't even know where I would be to be honest. I know I wouldn't be in the church because I was so far from church or so far from God. Um, just before my pregnancy. That it didn't, it wasn't even a second thought for me. Mm. So, yeah, so my daughter, God saved my daughter to save me. That's literally my life story. So, at some point, your family finds out. How, yeah. did, how did that happen? Um, so it's a funny story because I was so scared to tell my mum and dad. Um, I told them when I was, I was due the next month and I was so good at hiding my pregnancy from them. Wow. And my parents just broke down crying because they just thought about what I had been going through in those first sort of, um, months of my pregnancy. Um, I thought my mum would, cause my mum's a, a Polynesian, a very strong Polynesian woman. And, um, I thought she would be extremely disappointed, but they just embraced me with so much love and, she said, you know, move home, move home. We, we're, we're all here for you. And, um, yeah, they, they were very supportive and even to this day are very supportive of the decisions I make now. And I just really thank God for that. So how, how did, um, so coming back to your family and your family sort of embracing you, how did that make you feel in terms of the faith element of it? Because, you know, before you're saying you sort of were mm. brushing faith aside and God wasn't, Sort of the fairy tale in the past, but you've had sort of a revelation with God. You know, he's yeah. you've you've cried out to him there in that doctor surgery, asking him to you know step in and and to help yeah. you out. And you've 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 sensed an answer to that. Yeah. So now you're back at home with faith. Like, how's the faith playing out into that now? Oh, definitely. And you know, when my parents or when my whole family actually like this is my parents, my brothers, my cousins, my aunties. When they all found out. It was like God is saying, I put these people in your life. These are the people that are going to help you. We're all going to help you um, together. So, um, you know, and it's funny because my dad said a prayer. The, the moment that I told him, he sort of called everyone into the room and he said a prayer for us really? in that moment. Yeah. And it was from that, from that prayer right up until today, um, he hasn't stopped praying for us. And for me, that's a testament of, of an answered prayer. You know, um, sometimes it's not us that does the praying for ourselves. Sometimes it's someone else praying for us. Praying for us, yeah. yeah. So, well, hold that thought, Alicia. We're going to pick up after the break. We've got another song coming up. You've picked this song as well. Which song are we listening to now? This song is Someone is Praying for You. Oh, perfect. Yes, it perfect is. Perfect alignment. Someone's praying for you. Now, stick around. Co-words coming up after the break. But right now, someone is praying for you. 
you gathered in the midst of the storm is your shift tossed and battered are you weary and worn don't lose hope someone's praying for you this very day and peace be still is already
This is the Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to the Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Roy Bergen, and that was Someone's Praying for You. And this is episode 43 of the Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode Alicia's Story, God Saved My Daughter to Save Me. And coming up is the code word for today's fantastic free offer, so make sure you stick around right to the end to get the, the code where you need to text to the Faith Experiment number. Now, on this episode, as we have been suggesting, we've been listening to Alicia's story. Alicia is one of our team members here at Faith FM, and she has had a remarkable journey of faith over the last few years. Alicia just told us before the break how that she uh, ended up in New Zealand in the in the university there in Auckland, and uh, she left her roots of faith and ended up in the uh, what would we call it, Alicia the the party scene. Yeah, the party scene. I think would be good. And you just shared before the break how that and the course of that. You found out that you were pregnant, and uh, it was remarkable what you just shared, how that you were on the path to have an abortion, but it is very apparent that God intervened, yeah. and uh, you decided to go full term definitely, yeah. and to give birth to your daughter. And we just shared how that uh, you were at home, you shared with your parents, not knowing what the response would be, mm, and you yeah. said that your father started praying for you and for your unborn baby at that point. Yeah, straight away. So what happens next? Um, so I have my daughter. Um, everything seems fine. I got my dream job in Tokoro. And in Tokoro, to get a job, I got a graphic design job. To get a job like that in a town like Tokoro, it's like impossible. So when my daughter was around one years old, I got this job. Um, we had our own house. Everything was going good. But I still had, I still felt like, Something inside me was not right. I think it was like I was angry at her dad for leaving us, mm. for leaving her, really. I was just angry, so I was full of this anger still, um, just while, still while everything was getting back on track. And um, I was trying all the – I was going to boxing. I was trying, um, you know, hanging out with different people just to try to get rid of this feeling that I had inside me. It was weird because I was trying everything except what I knew what I should be doing, which was taking it to God. Mm. Um I was praying, yes. I was trying to read my Bible every day, but it wasn't intentional like it should be. And it wasn't until my daughter started growing up, and she was around three years old, when she was noticing my dad going to church or noticing, um, you know, that she could hear my brother singing in the lounge, and she would ask, Mommy, how come we can't go, or, or can I go to church with Papa? And so one Sabbath I was like, okay, we'll take you to Sabbath school. She loved it. It was the... Oh, she just loved Sabbath school. And the first story that she learned was Noah's Ark. And she she had come home with all these animals and this paper plate ark. And we've still got it. I've still got it at home. And um, that was the start of not only her journey, but I think our journey together. I'm um, just seeing how happy she was to be with other little kids or other, other children. And um, learning about God was what really sort of woke me up, you know, and to say, you're here not for yourself anymore. You've got a daughter and she's, um, and she's interested or wanting to know, um, more about God. And it took me back to my childhood and, and the amazing childhood I had. And now it's my turn to give this to my daughter. So, um, that's sort of how or when things started turning around for me. And so what sort of things would you do to, it seems like your daughter's a very inquisitive three year old. She's she, asking you questions. Yep. Yeah, she's, oh, you know, from such a young age, I was, like she started reading just when she turned three 
And everything I can put on, put down to it is God. Like, this is God working through her. Like, cause I didn't teach her any of that at all. Even to this day, um, she does her lesson diligently every single day. And I know that it's the Holy Spirit working in her because it's something that I couldn't accomplish as a mother, um, for her. So, so just describe what a lesson is. What's the lesson that she's doing? Oh, so her Sabbath school lesson, it's sort of equivalent to, um, Bible studies for kids, for little nine year olds. So it's, um, very, very basic, simple uh, stories in the Bible that um, our young children are able to understand. So it helps young children sort of develop their journey in faith and understand yeah, yeah. how yeah. God interacts with us and things like that. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very good. Even, you know, sometimes I'm studying with her and I learn new things as a child because it's always important to go back as a, as a child to, you know, get into the Word of God. So how did you end up in Australia then? Um, so our move to Australia really was a new life for us, I think. Um, you know, in my head, I was moving to Australia to make all this money, if I'm being honest, um, to get, you know, in, in New Zealand, when you move to Australia, it's like you're, you've, you've hit the jackpot. That's like the country that everyone wants to go to, to move to. And that was my, that was in my head. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go and make this good, amazing life for uh, me and my daughter. But God humbled me real quick. Um, I came just before COVID hit, so I didn't oh, no. have a job for about that whole time that that was going on. And, um, you know, it was in those moments where we didn't have anything to do at home, you know, lockdown and everything. So it was more getting into the Word, getting into the Word. So it's like God brought me here to Australia to get closer to Him. Um, and my dreams of having this big flash car and everything gone out the window for now. So, um, yeah, but everything's good. Well, faith of them, you're not going to become a millionaire. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting. What I'm, what I'm really wanting to to learn from your experience, and you know, people who tune into the faith experiment, they they resonate with the different guests that I have on the show, the different topics we explore. And yeah. your story is one that you know mainstream media at the moment is um, debating the the abortion thing, especially what happened in the United States just recently. But I'm wondering, like, if if there was a, a listener out there right now who is going through something like you've been through, yeah, what advice would you give to them? Um, I think my number one advice would be to just connect with someone or people that are either living the life that you think is inspiring for you. Um, good Christian people, uh, just surround yourself with those kind of people. I noticed with me when I was with different sorts of people my decision decisions had changed or it was influenced a lot with those around me so get connected to whether it's a local church group a local um, community group um, get connected and and stay connected and also to you know we hear people say you, you need to pray or you need to trust in God but um, we can give all the advice that we can give to someone but unless they taste God for themselves and mm. unless they do things um, for themselves they won't really experience what um, change that he can have in your life. So um, my number one advice would be to get connected with people who can help you and just take one day at a time. I think, you know, we overthink things too much. Um, sometimes things don't turn out the way that we want, but in the end, God is always working for our good. So what would you say if you could go back and speak to Alicia of the past oh. that was going through it based yeah. on everything you've been through now, what would you say to her? I'd just, I'd really tell her, don't worry. Um, I tell her, why not go home? Why not? Why not worry? <laughs> what have you learned? Um, I've learned that, you know, um, cause I'm quite an overthinker and 
I always go to the worst case scenario straight away, straight away. So like I was saying, one day at a time, one sort of issue or problem at a time. And, um, I would really tell her just to slow down. You can't do everything on your own. Um, and really just to get help where, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can do to, to get help for ourselves. And I was too, pr- too proud to reach out and do that. And it's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if, um, you do things that you're not supposed to do because there's always that opportunity or that time or that chance uh, to change and turn your life around. Well, Alicia, I've really appreciated you taking the time to sit down here and to share your story. I mean, your story is a very, is a very personal journey. Um, many people wouldn't want to be sharing what you've shared, but you've taken the time to do that. And I, I know that God is going to use your experience to work good for his kingdom in someone else's life. They're going to hear you and what you've shared and what you, you know, your advice mm-hmm. from someone that's been through it could be the very thing that's going to turn someone else's life around right now today as they're listening. Now, if if you're listening to Alicia's story and you can resonate with any part of it and you are at that point where you don't know where what to do or where to turn, if you would like to connect with the show, you can text us on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. And we will do our best to connect you with somebody local to you in your area that can help you um, with the, the challenges you might be facing. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have this great book to give away, Steps to Christ, which Alicia has chosen today. And if you'd like to get this great, amazing book, it's going to help you in your walk with Jesus. All you have to do is text today's code word. The number is, or the I should say the code is, hash F-E-43. That's the hash or pound symbol followed by the letters F-E for faith experiment and 43 for episode 43. So text hash F-E-43 to the faith experiment number, which is 04-888-45311. That's 04-888-45311. And we will get this amazing book, Steps to Christ, to you as soon as possible to help you in your faith experiment. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode. I'll catch you next week at the exact same time right here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I'll see you then. You have been listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888 453 45311. That's 0488 or send an email to robbie at and let us know what you thought of this episode. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. 